Hi all, I'm Dan Smegrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum. Today is Thursday, April 23rd, 2020, and you're watching WGAN-TV Live at 5. We have a great show for you today, super geeky. This is, Matter, this is automating and exporting Matterport Matter Tags and exporting Matterport Labels. Uh, our, we have a, a, a subject matter expert on the topic today is uh, Scott McKenzie. Hey, Scott, good to see you. Good to see you too, Dan. Thank you. Scott is the, uh, the director of Home Plan in Lower Hutt, New Zealand. Uh, and uh, uh, Scott, uh, your company, Home Plan, has automated some tools to facilitate the, uh, the automating of Matterport, uh, of uh, automating, exporting of Matterport Matter Tags and importing Matterport Matter Tags. Before we kind of do a little bit deep dive into actually how this works, why would I need to be able to automate importing and exporting Matterport Matter Tags? Uh, thanks, Dan. Um, our experience with Matterport, um, since we started our enterprise about a year and a half ago, was that it provided a very um, easy to use and high quality platform on which to do numerous things. Um, a lot of those things though are, were, were originally designed to be done at small scale, thinking of uh, normal real estate usage. And matter tags, we thought were a very good solution uh, to pointing out features within a house for sale. Um, we took a slightly different angle on the use of Matterport and uh, use it for uh, condition inspections, quality inspections, um, uses that would see you have not three or four matter tags in a Matterport digital twin. You might have 50 or 100 or even hundreds of these. However, the problem is using the standard Matterport interface is that you need to manually create these one by one. Uh, so we, um, given that the models we were creating were very popular and people were liking the functionality, uh, we set down a path to automate. So even before we talk about the automation, when might I have 100 matter tags, 200 matter tags? So a couple of examples starting at maybe a slightly smaller level. Um, our condition inspection service that we do, we use the matter tags for two purposes. One is a 3D walkthrough only shows you what the camera can see. Um, it doesn't show you the inside of the oven. It doesn't show you behind the curtains. And those are useful things to capture if it's a condition inspection or a high coverage scenario. So uh, by the time you go through an average house and take photos of all those areas, you might find you've got 30 to 40 matter tags. And the great thing once you've done that is now you've got a complete coverage of that property rather than just what's shown in the 3D. If I scale that up just a little bit more, uh, the next use case is to then use those meta tags to point out any condition problems, any flaws, uh, traffic light type system. This is green, this is orange, this is red, any scratches in the walls. So that might lift you from having 30 to 40 meta tags to having 50 to 70 to 100 matter tags in a normal sized house. And we have found that that's a very popular use of the Matterport model uh, being used for a condition inspection prior to a tenant uh, taking over. 
Um, I, if we jump up again, uh, we now start talking about uh, virtual online stores, um, customers who want to be able to uh, walk down the actual aisle of the store, click on a button that brings up a product and have it take them to a shopping cart. Now, that has not been um, widely implemented at the moment using base Matterport functionality because, of course, the only way to update your products and your prices is to manually edit every meta tag on the way through. Whereas using our service, we can now hold that information offline and re-import it as it needs to be updated. I'll throw one third one at you, and this is getting into the, the bigger stuff. Uh, we've got construction-based uh, uh, scans or digital twins that have uh, over 500 scan positions, up to 800 scan positions. We use the meta tags for wayfinding, so we drop a tag in each room and then we use MP Embed to search on those. So you can quickly jump to the room that you want. Um, and of course, you may have seen previously our, um, our digital or virtual symmetry that we did, which uses meta tags uh, to pinpoint the location of every uh, gravesite and includes a photo of each headstone and uh, makes it searchable again through MP Embed. So uh, you've talked about a lot of use cases. Um, uh, I think I heard construction documentation in there too. Yes. Uh, facilities management. Yes. Uh, products for sale. And, you know, I, I think when you mention that and you talk about hundreds of products for sale, I would imagine if you're thinking about adding matter matter port matter tags if you're thinking about adding a hundred or more if you're thinking about adding 10 or more matter port matter tags uh, i think of a very manual uh, operation yes certainly so if I'll, I'll come back to construction but maybe just talking about the shopping cart type scenario um, I, i'm probably telling people what they know but the way an online store works is that you have a storefront uh, that is easy for a user to work with and sitting in behind it, you have a database that has all the products, their images, their prices, their descriptions. And through the magic of computers, it connects the two so that when a user clicks on a certain selection or searches, they're able to add that to their shopping cart. Now that um, same theory can apply to a Matterport digital twin now. So the front end becomes the virtual tour. And then we are able to hold a database in the background and use it to update the tags. There are also methods using the SDK to make that um, on demand. Uh, our, our service locks it into the meta tags and you update it on a, you know, a frequent or repeated basis. This so is it really using, is starting to open the door. Excuse me, Scott. This is using the Matterport uh, SDK to help uh, automate dynamic pricing. Yes, so the SDK is a brilliant tool. We use it. We have some custom developments using it. However, it's not accessible to the average Matterport customer. Um, so there are certainly better ways to fully integrate using SDK. What we're doing is using the base Matterport viewer functionality and the MetaTag functionality and linking it to a new service that means you can use it on a wider number of use cases um, that you wouldn't have thought of before. So would, it, uh, would the, the Matterport Matter Tags URL link to a specific place within a shopping cart? Yeah, I can show you a live example of that if you like. I would. Uh, while you're, maybe while you're calling that up, uh, uh, 
earlier today, I was talking with a Matterport service provider in the United States, and he is in the midst of having a discussion with some big box retailers uh, where the anticipation is having a need to upload 900 uh, matter tags. And, uh, and this is not even just for one store, this is for multiple locations in the United States. And he's scratching his head, you know, trying to figure out, uh, is this doable? Uh, is it practical? Is it something that he can even price out? Because he's thinking about, wow, 900 matter tags, this is really a very laborious and tedious process. It's a great tool. But when you start talking about big numbers, uh, it almost becomes impossible to think about from an operational standpoint of how one might manually add 900 matter tags. So um, I said, hey, you might want to tune into our, our show today, WGAN-TV Live at 5. Our, our guest will talk about automating the importing and exporting of matter tags. And uh, I would likely imagine that uh, includes uh, connecting it to the uh, shopping cart uh, so that uh, if you want to have a store and literally put a tag on every product that's available for sale, uh, that that process is, is not going to be as hard as he might have thought about when originally trying to price out his project. And I said, hey, if you thought about pricing out your project and you've already accounted for all your labor, oh, by the way, here, here's a way that you could do this uh, to save yourself a lot of time uh, and effort. So uh, that's the filter that I'm looking through right now when you show me uh, what you're about to show me related to matter tags meets shopping. Sure, will do. And this is not a live example, it's just a demo environment. So please excuse that it's relatively casual on some of the things that it's showing. I'll just uh, bring that screen up. Uh, just checking that's on your screen now. Yes, thank you. Um, so we're actually looking here at the um, home plan office that we work out of. <laughs> it's been under lockdown for a month now, so I hope it still looks like that today. Um, we, we've actually trialled this in a, uh, in a supermarket-based uh, walkthrough, but it's just not ready to show yet. Um, but this will show you the theory. In this particular uh, walkthrough, uh, which was done very quickly for test purposes, you'll see that we've um, created a room label that is the equivalent of an aisle. And then we've gone ahead and imported a set of data. And you can see down the middle of the room here, we've got these tags. Now, um, we can determine how long the stems are. We can determine where they go in the model. Uh, we can even play with the colors. In fact, you'll see here, we've got some tags that are black and that are white, which you can't actually do in Matterport. You can only have their standard 16 colors. And then each uh, tag itself, um, using the standard tag functionality, it has a title, um, it has a description that can include URL links, and it has an image associated with it. So here we are looking at a Huggies product that has a price, uh, it has a description, it even has a link if you want to jump into the online store to look at other diapers and training pants. And of course, if it is the product that we're looking for, we can click it and uh, take it through to a um, online store or shopping cart, uh, which you may not be able to see through the screen share. 
Um, now, if I look down that line, you'll see uh, this is just a test setup. You'll see we've got bananas and we've got ribs and we've got all the great things in life, especially the New Zealand cheese um, that we can have there. And we've just repeated that test so people can see the functionality. Um, so if you could imagine uh, that this particular model was a, um, it was a supermarket uh, digital twin, then we would be dropping these tags into the middle of the aisle, uh, and then the only piece of manual work required is to drag and drop those tags uh, to their final uh, position, which is a, a very quick and easy um, process once you're uh, used to doing it. Okay, well, uh, so this might be a good, a good point to say, well, how did those tags get there? Yeah, I'll, um, I'll jump over to a different screen. Excuse me um, for my own technical incompetence if this takes a moment to do. Yeah, you're, you're doing great. So I should mention that while you're getting set up that you, you took us through a matter tag that included a label, description, color, uh, the media URL, the anchor, the, the stem details, which I think also included the color of the top of the matter tag. Yeah, correct. So um, when you edit meta tags, it gives you a number of things that you can define, the, the color, the length of the stem, uh, the description. Um, what's on the screen now, if that has come through, is, and uh, I've just opened up in Microsoft Excel, this is the data that sits behind the tags. And through our service, we're able to export this data out of an existing model or we can create it from scratch uh, to load into a model for the first time. Uh, this particular data set uh, does not have any existing anchor positions. So if we were taking data out of a model, this would actually tell you uh, a coordinate for where those meta tags came from, which is important if you're reloading tags back in. It has a almost nonsensical code that represents the color um, that maps through to different colors using RGB pellets. Um, then we have the stuff that you see. Um, sorry, I'll just try and move across. Uh, so you have the description of a meta tag, and um, it looks a little bit technical, but there's different ways within a description to have a, uh, a URL link to a shopping cart or to other items, to a PDF or all those things. Um, you have the title of that tag, and then you have the link of that through to a particular um, online media, if you're linking it to a photo or to a video. Uh, we also get to choose the uh, length of the stem, which um, I, I don't know about other users. Uh, we really hate the stem length uh, little slider you have to use. Uh, this solves that. We just set it to a preset, and it will go in at that uh, length and stay there when you drag it around. And then we have a, a way of mapping our tags to different room labels so you can import it to one room or the other as you come in. Cool. So I imagine that if I'm, uh, if, if I'm uploading for the first time, you provide some template to say, hey, here's the template, put your data in, in this Google, in this uh, Excel sheet uh, for the purpose of being able to import the data. Yes, absolutely. So um, the, the two primary use cases uh, there are that someone wants to take tags out of one model and put them into another version of that same model. Uh, so in that case, we can export the data, which gives you the format, and it can be adjusted, and then we can re-upload it. What, what would be the use case of why I have, a, I have two identical Matterport spaces 
one of which already has matter tags and the other one that doesn't, why do I, when would I want to move Matterport matter tags from one Matterport space to another? Good question. So um, a couple of different scenarios, which some are easy and some are hard. The easy scenario is when a model has been uploaded once and then it's had to be uploaded a second time. Now that might be because there was a trimming error in it. Uh, there was some other navigation problem that made you go back and say, actually, I just need to make an adjustment on the iPad and now upload it a second time. Um, the same applies, and there's been quite a lot of chat on your forum um, previously about this, is that the Matterport engine gets better over time. And if you captured something a year ago and submitted it a year ago versus submitting it now, you'll actually get a better result now. So it allows you to go back to those old models and resubmit them. Now, in all those scenarios, you probably spent minutes, days, hours, whatever, doing post-production on that original model, and you want to try and carry those uh, settings forward into the new model. And, and we're talking specifically about Matterport Matter tags and maybe labels. Labels you can export. I'm not sure you can import the labels. We, we can export uh, labels, we can't import them, but it's not actually a hard thing. In the pipeline, we're looking at things like full replication of all settings from one model to another. Ah, okay. Um, one day. Because I'm so, thinking about that pain point, I, I've, uh, I've, uh, I worked on a museum, I've, I've tricked it out, I put in all my matter tags, I got labels on, or mat, I should, I, I, since, since they're different, I'll say, I have matter tags on every display case in the museum on every painting. Yes. I have a complete description. I've worked with my client. I, and now my client has said, great, I'm going to take it to my boss. And the boss says, hey, uh, can I see that spray or whatever you call it outside the front door? Can you get rid of that? And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have to reprocess my Start model <laughs> and, and manually move every one of those tags. So, so my, my pain just went away because I can have um, home plans, matter tag solution, export the tags and import them into that uh, virtually identical model. Correct. And are the matter tags gonna end up in exactly the same place? I, I mentioned before, there's a bit of a catch. So if you have the same base model and in effect it's a duplicate of it, uh, the tags will generally go to the exact same place. Um, however, um, a phrase I've started to use is that Matterport will be what Matterport will be. And at times, it will decide to change its underlying coordinates just slightly. In um, 99% of the cases so far, if it's the same model, um, they will go back to the exact same place. Now, um, I mentioned before a, a related use case, which is probably more common, which is where you go back to the same property and scan it a second time. So construction, you might be there scanning it at different stages of fit out or pre-fit out and post-fit out. Now, it is still possible to export the tags from an earlier model and then load it into a later model. Um, but there's a good chance that it will all be offset slightly um, off to one side. It'll still have the same dimensional relationships between the tags, but they might just all be sitting off to the side a little bit. And that again is Matterport being what Matterport will be. Um, so in those cases, we can then go through, we just work out what the delta is 
and do some adjustments there to pull those positions back. Okay, so delta that's a, meaning a more common one. Delta meaning the change of everything moved over an inch. So now that we know that, we can adjust for that. Correct. It's more likely to be three or four feet, uh, but yes, um, exactly that. Once we know, because it keeps the relationship of the tags to each other the same, uh, then you can just change the offset on the entire set for it. Okay. <coughs> so uh, what would be a reason in, uh, let's say, weekly construction documentation where matter tags were used, I, I, I would imagine, to communicate to the various trades to say, okay, we got heating and plumbing questions, we got electrical questions, we have uh, mechanical questions. Uh, the next week, uh, that same space was reshot again. Is there a reason to bring forward all those matter tags? Well, certainly that, that's up to the users to define, but what we're trying to align here is that um, it's, it's similar to a one-to-one-to-many, one, one many-to-many type relationship. You might have one Matterport scan and related to that, you've got tags that want to change over time. Or you might have the opposite. You might have uh, multiple Matterport scans of a property that you want to relate to one static set of matter tags over time and every iteration between. So in that construction example, they might simply want to use the matter tags for wayfinding so that every room has a tag on it and using MPMBed and its search features so they can type in a room number or code and be taken straight to that room regardless of which model they are looking at. Um, if you flip it the other way, it might be that the tags were used to, um, to highlight issues and I can show you an example of that on a residential scale if you like. Sure, um, let's, let's take a look at that. Yeah. Um, while you're calling that up, I, I guess I guess what I was thinking about on the construction documentation is that perhaps um, one model is sent off to the uh, electrical team, one model sent off to the plumbing team, one model is sent off to the safety team, one model in, and so everybody may be identifying different issues, but I imagine the, the leadership team wants to see all those and they might want to see them all together in one model. So would that be an example of a use case is to say, oh, sure. each of these different trades, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, or MEP, all put down their issues, but now uh, uh, the, 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 the pain and suffering, the thought of, of moving 50 tags from one model to uh, 50 from here, 50 from here, and 50 from here to get to the 150 so that the executives can see all the problems and issues at the same time. That just seems like too big a pain point that for anyone to manually deal with that, uh, either, the, either by time or the expense of that time to do that. So you actually have a solution that maybe creates even a new use case for Matterport weekly construction documentation by enabling the, the model uh, a different version of the exact same model to go to different constituencies to do their piece of the puzzle, then have it come back to the uh, uh, to whoever is managing the the, um, the the project. That maybe the general contractor, maybe the photographer for the general contractor. Yes, I wouldn't want to push the default Matterport functionality as the replacement for a proper defect management system 
Um, it's just not complicated enough for that. Certainly with the SDK, there's the ability to create that in future. Um, what this allows you to do is rather than when you get to that point of deciding you want to present what you know, um, it used to be, uh, oh my God, I've got to create these things manually and therefore they would discount it as an option. Now what they can do is assemble their data in, in, a, in a preset format and load them through. So the time it takes us to create 100, 200 tags is probably the time it would take uh, a normal person to create 10 tags. So it opens up a new use case. In the scenario that you're outlining, it might be you've got three or four contractors are either using a defect management system or multiple defect management systems. They've got the data collected, but it's not shown in 3D. What our service allows them to do is then stockpile it into one place and load it in once and then uh, view it through the 3D model. So I'm, uh, this is like way over my head in, in terms of uh, subject matter expertise, but it sounds like someone's collecting a lot of data. I'm guessing that if it's not in an Excel spreadsheet, it's in a database, a relational data. If it's not in a flat file, it's in a relational database. If it's in a re relational database, it probably means it's possible to export it to a flat right. file like we think of Excel. And then if you can get to Excel, then you have a way to then import in, in uh, use, using the home plan uh, matter port matter tag engine a way to now bring data into a three-dimensional world. So, so to give I, you a live, you've got it right. Um, I, 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 I'm so, I'm literally tingling because as, as, as soon as I went through that workflow, I'm going, wow, this is pretty crazy and exciting because it's, it's disruptive in a really exciting way for a general contractor where the project's large enough that there are, what did you call it? A construction, a, the, what, what's the, 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 the term for this? It's the, the defect management system. For the defect management system, the data exists someplace, but I'm such a visual person. Boy, would I just love to see that within the three-dimensional model as opposed to within a, an Excel spreadsheet as a, as a punch list. So this sounds like it's transformed transformational in a disruptive good way to enable possibilities that maybe people haven't thought about except you. I'll give you a live example then I'll show you um, the result of it. Um, this is what we do internally that actually led to us developing this service or these tools. Uh, we use a inspection tool called iAuditor um, now, that's a very common uh, tool worldwide. It's very easy to configure, uh, very flexible. And in that tool, when we go to a site to do condition inspections, we first of all scan it using the Matterport camera. We then uh, go around it with our iPad and the iAuditor app, and we will say whether the room is in good condition or not. We'll take photos of specific condition issues We'll take photos of inside the oven, behind the curtains, all those things. Now, iAuditor saves that information into its database. That database can be accessed by API, or it can just be exported as a flat file, as a CSV. Now, we've now um, got a transformation built that allows us to take that data as it's stored in iAuditor and reformat it into the CSV format that is needed for the tag import tool. 
So it used to take us an hour on site to uh, capture the information and then an hour to two hours off site to recompile the information and create the condition inspection walkthrough. It now takes us an hour on site and it takes us about 15 minutes off site to create the outcome that I'm about to show you. Awesome, I'd love to see it. Okay, has Web Street come up in front of you? Yes. Okay, so um, we're looking now at a, uh, a space. We use uh, WP3D, a great front-end tool, and we use it to distribute what we do uh, to our clients. Pause uh, a second, pause a second. So we're speaking a little bit in shorthand. So for when you say WP, uh, 3D, WP3D, we're, we're actually talking about WP3D models, WordPress plugin. And that's what you're using to create this page that we're looking at that includes both, that includes the, the Matterport digital twin. Uh, there was some text information, a map, photos. Uh, it looks like a floor plan or site plan below that. Great. So this, this is actually uh, what, what you're showing is home plan, uh, an integration using WP3D models for the visual storytelling that you're doing with a client. Yes, correct. And uh, the most common use case for this particular uh, plugin, WP3D, is to uh, present a public web page of a property for sale or to help advertise it. We use the functionality with a bit of customization uh, to actually use it as a digital property record. So we create uh, a table here and we record uh, whether uh, we have one or multiple walkthroughs for this property, any associated 2D imagery and the ability to download all of that in one go for our clients. So if I was to click this open button, it would open up the walkthrough in another window or open yeah, up others. And it's gonna open up the window for the, the specific row that you're looking at. So you, you can, could, it, the, the print's a little bit small. Could you just give us an example of one of those rows and how that access button works? Uh, yes, sure. So um, I'm not sure if that zoom in helped yeah, at all. Yes, thank you. Um, but this is what we're about to look at. It's actually the walkthrough at the top of the screen, so that's a bit easier, uh, but it was captured on the 2nd of March. Its status is active, and if I click on this, it'll open it up in a new window. Um, then we have the associated files that go with it um, that we can also open. Um, I'll come back another time, Dan, and talk about this, because this is actually the gateway to our open archive development that's coming. So in time, you'll see that that's archived and we'll have a way to actually open and provide access to archived uh, Matterport okay. files. Scott, if you could, excuse me for talking over you. If, if you could just pause one second there. Uh, uh, when you showed me this page, I was uh, immediately realized that that was a WP3D models WordPress plugin created page that said uh, where you have your open button. That was the first time that I've seen a, uh, an interactive button added to WP3D models. So kudos to you to figure out how, the, how you did that to accomplish what you're about to show. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, so moving into the content itself, this is a, um, is a small uh, property in central Wellington. Um, in this case, we did not do a marketing walkthrough. It was just a condition inspection. And I'll just stand somewhere that you can get the general sense of what we've done. So you see here, we've got meta tags on a relatively wide scale and they are color coded. Uh, purple represents just a feature. For example, we have a very easy floor plan in this case, sitting in that model, uh, which, um, which we link in. We then have uh, red for bad, orange for an issue and green for good. So on this, um, on this wardrobe, for example, uh, we have incorporated a photo that allows them to see the inside of that photo for inspection purposes. Um, and that achieves a higher level of coverage than just a standard walkthrough would otherwise allow you to see. So for clarification, Scott, how, are, how is the content for these tags created and how did it end up in this model? Uh, that, that, that is the end-to-end -end process that we have built. So I'll just describe it rather than jumping between lots of windows. When we were on site, we did as all Matterport users would, went here and created a 3D scan. Uh, then when we had finished that, we used the iAuditor tool to go around and capture the content of all of these tags. Um, then when we get back to the office, we process the model and we link the two together. We export the data from our auditor, for which we've got an automated job that does it, and then we used our uh, import tool um, to then load them in. It dropped all the tags down the center of the room, and then our job was to then drop them to their final resting position, which takes uh, about two or three seconds per tag uh, to do. So if, if I took you off screen sharing for a moment there, so Scott, uh, if, uh, I'm a Matterport service provider. Uh, I'm looking for new opportunities for my scanning uh, to help maybe help differentiate myself from another Matterport service provider. Uh, if if I kind of um, if I if I kind of can figure out who's doing property inspection, uh, and and it sounds like if if you're property management company and you're managing maybe Airbnb rentals? Does that sound like a, an example? Yes, though Airbnb is probably less popular these days right now. Okay, so uh, in, in a normal world, let's, <laughs> so if, if I have properties, I, and I, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm a property management company and maybe people are vacationing for the week. So I have a lot of people that move out on a Saturday and I have a lot of people that move in on a Sunday. Is that an example where that property, that, that documentation is going to take place in, in order to catch any, um, and, 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 and maybe, maybe I'm using the wrong examples. Maybe it, it, it's, not, um, it's, an, it's not a vacation rental apartment. It's a vacation, it's a luxury vacation rental home and someone is managing lots of those properties at a, a, a beach destination, and somebody's coming in with this app, taking a lot of pictures in, in order uh, to note, uh, is, there, uh, is, the, is the oven a train wreck? Is, is, uh, help me out here, help me understand this space. 
Yes, you're definitely on the right track, um, but for cost efficiency, it typically applies to long-term rentals. So people who do not own their own homes, who are renting. Now there is a landlord somewhere who owns that property and there's a handshake agreement that happens at the start. When you move into a rental property, the tenant and the landlord are agreeing what the condition of that property is at that point in time. When that tenant moves out in six months, a year, two years, they'll then reassess, did you actually cause any damage to this property that you now need to repair before you go on your way? Now that uh, process was, before we um, entered into this market, was predominantly done at, through 2D methods, uh, taking hundreds of photos, and the photo they eventually needed was the one they forgot to take. Um, so what we do is take one really big photo uh, using the 3D um, digital twin, uh, then we supplement it with 2D photos so we get as close as possible 100% coverage and then we point out the things that are relevant uh, for them. And that led us into a very successful launch of our services here in New Zealand, but it did create a, um, an overhead because the work required to create the matter tags to allow that service to work was cumbersome. And that's what um, opened us um, into this development pathway and that's why we share it now with others. So if they want to look at doing this as a service, it gives them a way of making it more efficient for them to use the matter tags. Uh, this is awesome hearing. So as a, as a Matterport service provider in New Zealand, uh, you, you had this opportunity that involved both Matterport and this, this documentation, and you realized if you put the two to, together, one plus one equaled 100. It didn't equal one plus one equaled one. It really was something powerful. And I could yes. also imagine when you did that digital twin, the digital twin uh, could be used to help rent out that long-term rental, uh, even while somebody was living there, because now they've said, uh, hey, we're moving out. And maybe, maybe not, you have the, the benefit of somebody walking into the space. Maybe it's a long-term uh, rental from someone that doesn't even live in New Zealand. So now you have this digital twin to show off the space and then, in parallel, you have a digital twin that has all this documentation uh, that essentially when the, the long-term renter now says, I, I'm moving in, there's documentation at that move-in of what that, the condition of the space looked like at that Correct. time. Correct. And you could standardize that. Mm -hmm. In our examples, we're going issue by issue. You could have one tag per wall or per surface and then you could actually export, use that as a standard format and export that and re-import it into future copies of that model for that property. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm so excited visiting with you on this, Scott. I, you know, I, 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 I recall sitting down at a conference here in Atlanta with a property management company, not for the vacation, but as you're describing, they rent out homes. And here in Atlanta, that company might be responsible for renting out 300 homes. It never occurred to me that there was somebody that had a document what the condition of that property was for the purpose of when that person moves out, uh, uh, you know, did, did they materially change the, the space uh, outside the scope of what that lease agreement was. So, so that, that's this field called property documentation? Yeah, property management, yes. Property management, property documentation. So where I might have only been thinking of, oh, Matterport, 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 I can, I can help them lease that space. Okay, well, actually, I now have 
uh, yet a whole nother service that I can be offering is using that app that you're describing, which they're probably already using that app, is to show where the value of, of overlapping the two together uh, cr creates this value, uh, presumably, of being able to, to um, uh, one, have a record, but two, have the documentation of all the things that need to be fixed before it, it gets rented out again. Yeah, absolutely. And a punch um, list? Did you call that as a punch list? Of and, and construction is a punch list because it's, you, you, it's there to be fixed. Um, often it's just a record of what's wrong. But to, to maybe to lift that conversation up to what this actually means to those who do this for a living, um, th this is just a particular use case that um, when we started and if others started it just using manual meta tag creations, um, we've done 300 of these in the last six months. And um, if we were not using our own service to automate it alongside iAuditor, to do 300 models and tag them with 50, 100 models in each one of them, you're probably talking uh, between three, six, even 800 hours worth of work. Um, with our tools in play now, that's probably 100 hours worth of work. Yeah, I think so what's really significant, opens it up. Yeah, I, it's, it's probably a couple things going on that run through my mind. First, is it, it act, your tool is actually making it practical because if you had to bill the 800 hours for something that, that really should be 100 hours, it, it, the, the, the project might collapse just on the cost itself because yes. it's such a labor-intensive process. So certainly that's both time and, and, and money associated with the time because somebody's got to bill out that time. Um, but what I'm also hearing when you describe this, I, you know, again, if I'm a Matterport service provider and I'm looking to differentiate myself, then uh, I got something that others probably don't because I know about uh, home plan uh, automation for Matterport matter tags uh, to get it out of that relational database uh, of the app uh, in, into that CSV file to be able to import into Matterport. And now yeah. I have kind of like a secret sauce that I can offer that perhaps somebody else doesn't even isn't even aware of that solution. Well, I, I don't want to get into because um, we could have a very long uh, discussion on Matterport scanning services and what that means for the industry. But these are examples where MSPs um, and others can offer value add services that differentiate themselves from vanilla um, delivery of Matterport digital twins. And we're just going to be smarter. I mean the. There is a market out there for what Matterport is trying to do. I get that. Um, our, our job is to be one step ahead of the game. They've given us this platform that can do some wonderful things. Some of those things they are not doing themselves. Our job is to put those in front of customers and um, attract them to our services. Yeah. And so I, I, I love, you know, you, you said make it smarter, value add, you know, that th this is really elevating uh, the, the value of a Matterport service provider of uh, adding a huge amount of, of, of value to that digital twin. Um, uh, if, if I can go back just for a moment to, to uh, my, my conversation earlier today, 
I'm thinking of that those 900 tags, and that was that was in. I don't want to disclose the category of the space, but there's aisles. So how do you how do you get the tags from uh, a database to have them actually end up in the appropriate aisle, so I can then place the tags in the right place within the aisle? Sure. Shall I show you an example? Yeah, that that would be great. Um, it's not of um, the. Um, it's not actually a supermarket that I'm going to show. We have one under development at the moment um, that does that, but hopefully you'll get the feeling from, uh, from this share. Um, so, so we're actually looking just in a vacated property at the moment that we were using as a bit of a test bed. And um, if you can't sleep at night, you could always try counting uh, matter tags. <laughs> um, there's about 280 in these four aisles. Um, so with, with the powers of um, visualization, I'll show you this model. It's an indoor-outdoor scan that we've done um, and just zooming in on that space. You can see what we've done here is we've created some room labels, bulk import one, bulk import two, three, and four, and we've dropped them where we want to start the row from. So if this was a supermarket, you'd have your aisles of products down either side of this um, then we create a CSV file that has the data. This is just dummy data in here at the moment um, with some images and things thrown in um, and loaded in and you choose the spacing. So here we chose to import a certain number and that they should be spaced so far apart each with a certain uh, stem length. So the, the result is once it loads in, we get to see it via the SDK um, before we commit it. And then we say, yes, it's where we want it to be. Now we could have um, created these tags all through this building. We could have had some more over in this area had we wanted. Uh, we just elected to drop them in these four places for this upload. So, and then the so excuse me, so, so each of those rows, that again, that might've been produce. C correct, in this case, Me. we're just showing dummy da data and an image, but if I, Remind you of the early example we showed, we actually had in the detail, you had the product information, you had a link to the online store, could all be pre-populated um, from the CSV file. So it's really for the, uh, the, the, the Matterport service provider uh, working with their client to say, you know, hey, can you give me your, uh, your, your Excel file, your CSV file, so that it's organized, you'll make it easier for all of us if, if you logically order the matter tags, whether it's in uh, by aisle for a store or by section of a store or however it is that they do their planning grid for, for that store. Uh, the, the uh, I, and I, I, just, I just have to think that they actually have some kind of organized way to even when they're in an aisle that there's this section of the aisle, 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 and therefore it shouldn't be that hard to ask them to provide the data in that way. Correct, and if you, if you follow that thought process, in this case we've done one import per row, and the definition of a row is taken from the position of the, um, of the room label tag that we've added, these bulk import ones. 
if you had an aisle uh, going down the page and halfway down it went from flour to sugar to whatever, uh, they would all be created as room labels and we could just have the flour tags sitting next to that section. So there's a, a piece of work to determine what tags need to be dropped where to get them close. Um, because once you're close, of course, then you can just jump in and click on each one and drag them to the products where they need to go. So, very, so very literally, we're, we're in Matterport Workshop uh, right now. You've imported the tags. You're doing an inspection. You, you might decide to save and publish them, save them, save yes. them and publish. Or uh, you might say, okay, I'm now ready to start dragging the tags, the Matter tags, to put them in the right place to point to that product. Correct, so we're now looking at standard Matterport functionality with all the tags, uh, just with default names here at the moment. But if this here was the aisle of the products, uh, it's as simple now as clicking each one and just finding the right um, image to associate it to um, and then uh, drop them where we need to drop them. So, so that, that is the manual piece of work that is still required is to do that final positioning. But of course, once I've done this, I can then re-export the data and now I have that coordinate stored. So the next time we upload the data, we don't repeat this process. They'll already be in these positions where we've put them. But I think if, if I heard you correctly earlier, uh, we're really talking about a URL that's pointing to a shopping cart. So we're not manually going into the model to change the prices of each produce within a, a tag manually. You have a uh, home plan has actually automated the shopping cart, uh, or the uh, how to say this, you, uh, home plan has automated uh, uh, going from shopping cart to matter tag so that if there's dynamic pricing, the pricing's changing within the Matterport space without somebody to have to go in and manually change the matter tags. Correct, so to put it into three logical buckets, uh, this line you can see here is the data that's been imported and dropped ready for the customer, um, our customer to drop it where it needs to go. Uh, then once they do this and they drop it where they want it to go, we re-export that and that becomes our new data set because that's where you want them to stay long term. And the third layer is now the data within each one of these tags. Uh, that is what can now be dynamically updated. We just update the file and re-import them and these will have their new descriptions, new prices, new links, new photos, whatever it needs to be. Uh, I'm confused. I don't actually need to re-import them to have the price change because the, the, the link is actually pointing to a dynamic link in, within the shopping cart. Um, the, um, without going too deep into it, um, the, once we create a tag, uh, if this here happened to have a shopping cart URL in here, as you can add using the standard uh, functionality, uh, that is a static link. Um, the content it might point to could be quite dynamic and could change over time. If you want to just include the link, then you would never need to change this tag again because it links the online store. If you want the tag to include the price and a description and how many are available, all that data changes over time. So that would require us to re-upload that data in. Um, at the moment, what we do is we re-import the tags fresh. Um, it has the same effect as if you were going in and updating the data because it puts them back in the same place again. 
So I, I imagine if a company came to you and, and said, hey, uh, we, we want to do this at scale, uh, and we have things that change in price, and we really do want to have the daily price, the prices change daily, the inventory change daily, uh, while that piece might be a manual uh, export import, I imagine if the project's big enough, you'll figure out how to automate the process. Yes, if you were going to a daily or even a real-time update, there's other ways to do that using transient matter tags. Um, I would suggest our solution at the moment is best suited to weekly updates, monthly updates, less frequent. So a good example that actually came out uh, we've been approached by a furniture shop and that furniture shop has 300 items in there. They don't change that often, but they do sell them and then run out of them. So they might do an update to that information once every three weeks or something like that, in which case a manual process works just fine. Um, but it is absolutely possible. What we're doing is unlocking. Well, here. We've I, I should say a manual process works just fine. That's using your automated tool to yes. automate that ma manual process. So what for 300 matter tags to change that out weekly uh, for a Matterport service provider thinking in a traditional manner, uh, that would be a nightmare. Uh, yes. but, but using the, the home plan uh, automation tool for exporting and importing, uh, it it's, makes it super easy, super fast and affordable to do uh, but there is still presently a, a manual piece that you do in the background to facilitate that. Yeah, what actually absolutely amazes me, Dan, is as uh, we've been approached by different people about this service, um, the, the things they're asking me about, I never would have thought uh, you would use Matterport for, um, and the effort that people are going to in museums, exhibitions, uh, construction, condition inspections. Um, it, it's very laborious the way they've done it. They're trying to do exactly as we did. They're trying to differentiate themselves, use the tool to best effect and use that to get the most out of it and possibly um, uh, promote their services over others. Um, so all, I'm just amazed at all these applications that are appearing. Now, what we've done so far, think of it as a version one release of what we're doing. Uh, we've unlocked it. We know that we can load literally thousands of meta tags if the model could take it um, and do it in a way that would take a fraction of the time of a manual process. There will be future iterations, the ability to directly update tags, the ability to have transient tags that you can update in real time. That all those things are possible and we might look at further on um, as, as new versions of what we do. Uh, Scott, you mentioned uh, the app earlier in the in the property management, the popular, forgive me, I didn't write it down, the, the app. Uh, uh, what, sorry, the open archive? No, the, the, the app for docu documenting. Uh, iAuditor. iAuditor. Uh, yes. And are, are, are you automating a process right now for how you get from iAuditor to a spreadsheet to upload uh, to the Matterport tour? So we have built a automation of that process that currently has two manual steps still in it. Ah. And uh, once we are comfortable that those automated steps work, 
we can then move to full automation from iAuditor um, into the meta thoughts models. Great. And, and so as you keep coming across documentation tools, then uh, if the project warrants, you'll, you'll write the automation uh, to help facilitate this so that it, 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 you keep um, reducing the number of steps, reducing the amount of time to actually facilitate doing this on a, a weekly basis if that's what the client needs. Correct. What we've proven is that it's possible and we're our own best use case because we are using iAuditor with automated steps and something that used to take us hours now takes us minutes. Um, so that encourages us to um, take what we've put out to market right now, which is the tag import service, and look at expanding that in future so others can enjoy the end-to-end -end automation that we've managed to create for ourselves. Okay, you mentioned uh, earlier uh, MP Embed. Uh, um, M is in Mary, P is in Paul, MP Embed. Uh, a overlay for Matterport showcase uh, that you had done something uh, interesting and innovative with that particular third-party tool, which turns out to be very popular among the We Get Around Network forum community. Um, can you describe in a little, maybe a little deeper dive uh, when, when and how you use MP Embed? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want me to jump quickly into a, uh, a model again to show sure. that? Sure. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, I've got two examples. I'll jump first back into the one we were already looking at, uh, the Web Street uh, property. Um, we wouldn't be without NPM bed. Um, it makes all this possible. Again, those who are familiar with Matatags and uh, Matterport know that there isn't a great deal you can do with them apart from enter the data and then drop them around. Um, we have over the side here, this is from the MPM bed um, tool. A, a couple of cool tools we've got that, um, that Chris provides us through MPM bed. We can just turn all the meta tags off, yeah, uh, so which that, is quite useful. Excuse me, you mentioned Chris. So that's uh, MPM bed developer, Chris Hickman. Yes. Uh, so he has this ability to be able to just switch tags on and off, which we love because it does clutter up the screen a lot. Um, his other facility that is good in this use case is the ability to take a snapshot of the screen, uh, allowing that within the front end rather than having to be a workshop user to do so. Uh, but the real benefit comes up here. Uh, this is uh, MPMB functionality you're looking at here where you can create uh, filters automatically based on color. So we can just jump to all the issues in this case, which are red and be taken straight to that particular tag. Uh, or we can search, um, and I don't know what to search for, but we'll try uh, curtain or something. Uh, and it will jump you to the, um, the tags that have uh, that particular uh, word in it. Uh, the final use that we have um, here is just the ability to group. So here you can see that even though it's quite a small apartment, there's quite a few tags in it. So our ability to have a very simple logical flow of the different tags by room so that you can look at these things is very valuable. So uh, could you show turning on and off different tags based on using MP Embed, that panel on the left? Uh, so using this panel on the left, you can search uh, for a particular item. You can filter to get down to them and select the ones that you want. And of course, if you just want them all to disappear, there's this button down in the corner 
which just makes everything go away. <laughs> okay, so let's let's turn let's turn on all the tags for the moment, matter tags. Okay, and now uh, you mentioned that red was a problem, so maybe you could select red. Yes. And uh, I, but I still see tags displayed. So is it still going to display all the tags, but I can see on the left panel uh, which ones are red? C correct. So that this is a filtering of which of the tags uh, meet the criteria that you've entered. So you can then select them. It doesn't make the other ones disappear. It just helps you navigate very quickly to the one that you're looking for. Ah, okay. So let's turn, if you would, let's turn them all on. And then I see, uh, I see, uh, uh, kitchen cutlery draw dirty. Yes. So if you click on that, now it's highlighted that matter tag and it showed us a photo within, within that tag showing that, uh, so that's a still photo that was taken with your app uh, automatically exp exported from the app, imported into um, uh, using home plan, imported into the Matterport workshop, placed in the right place. Now using MP embed, you could go literally find that dirty, where is that dirty drawer in, in the Matterport space? Correct. Wow, this, this kind of like blows me away. Um, I, I imagine, uh, I, you know, I think it's, it's probably like what you described. You, you had a problem for specific clients. You built this tool to, to solve the problem. But now as you start rolling it out in the, we get around network forum community, it sounds like you're starting to learn about other uh, use cases that you hadn't even occurred to you. Yes, correct. It's awesome. Can we go back? I, I just, I really want to go back to MP embed. Uh, <laughs> Because this, this is a super powerful tool and you- Do you want me to jump into the other, sorry to interrupt. Do you want me to jump into the other example, Dan? Yes, but not yet. I still want to go back to, 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 to the, uh, the example you were showing us, um, okay. Scott. That's fine. You're, you're the boss, Dan. You're the man. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So, because I, uh, I really want to go slowly on this left panel. So uh, the different colors, uh, tell us within MPMB what these are called. These are? Uh, so the, the colors are um, what you can do in MP embed. Well, if I jump back a step, when you're creating tags in Matterport or through our tool, you're choosing a color uh, that you want the, the head of that matter tag to be. What you can then do in MPMB, there's an option to map a label to every color combination, the 16 ones that are available within Matterport. So we've simply told it that if it's a green tag in Matterport, that means good or clean in MPMB. And that allows us to then create a grouping uh, based on that color. Awesome. And those, those, are they called labels or would you call it something else? Uh, they just uh, in terms of the yeah I can't remember the exact term that uh, is an MPMB for them, but let's call them labels. Okay, so we'll call them labels, and then you could put those labels in whatever order you wanted on that menu. It sounds like you could have as many as sixteen of those labels because there's sixteen default Matterport colors. I, I assume so. We we tend to try and keep it down to a traffic light type system where we have um, green, good, good, 
Yeah, uh, and, and a couple of other ones like okay. exclusion. We okay, and then where where did the different room types come from? <laughs> um, so, so that is at this stage a manual um, a manual uh, activity with an MP embed. As you have the ability when you um, have this tags window. Uh, come up an MP embed. You can create folders basically, and within those folders, you can then drop the tags into. Um, at the moment, that has a manual process. Ah, that's um, what I was going for. So, so presently, yeah. there's a there's a there's a manual step in saying take all the take take the the pins that are related to no because the bathroom would in the example you gave earlier the bathroom would be a row. So you already have the matter tags assigned to bathroom. Correct? Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, well, I'm sure that again in future versions, there's no reason uh, with a bit of collaboration between us and Chris uh, that because we know that this tag belongs to a bathroom group, um, it would just then be creating an interface to allow MPMB to know and to accept that data. Uh, but again, this is not a big job. Uh, once you have all these tags appearing to create these set of folders, it would take about two minutes to drag and drop them into the right place. Oh, okay, great. And then if we go right down to the bottom, you were showing just two other buttons from, from MPMB. One button was related to uh, turn on and off matter tags. The other button right to the right of that was the, the camera. So if you needed a snapshot showing a, a particular place in the room, and I'm, I'm going to guess if you, if you opened up a matter tag and you displayed that dirty drawer, kitchen drawer, then you could take a snapshot of the room with that matter tag of the dirty drawer open. Is that correct? Um, yeah, the, the, the standard function there for that photograph would be, for example, when you see this big scratch on the wall, uh, would be to take a shot of that and export it as a standard image. Um, whether there's value in snapshotting the tag itself, I don't know, because we already have this as a saved image um, for this particular oh, property. Okay, so. but uh, if you were trying to call attention to where the problem was and you wanted to, you, you, you might take an overall picture and that matter tag might be open. I think the point is that screen capture would capture the, the matter tag open if that's what you chose to do. I, I, I believe so. I need to do some testing around it. The, the problem we have in New Zealand is that the, um, the, the judicial system doesn't work in 3D yet. So that if you were having an argument about the condition of this property and whether this existed before or after, <laughs> all they will accept is photos um, and printouts of photos to discuss it. Um, I'm uh, sure the, that will change. But, but the time. good news is it's actually in a logical way that if you know you're, you're, you don't have to go scour to go find all your stuff, it really is organized in a way that, that makes it super, I mean, you know, if, if that was a relational database that, that had 200 different line items, you got to go, it, you still, I don't know, this just seems, I'm, I'm a visual person, this just seems to be so much easier to look at this visually and decide what, you know, what, what piece you need. You had, an, Scott, you had another example you wanted to show us? Um, yeah, it's one that we've um, shared before, but again, it's one of those um, use cases that people might not uh, think, think about unless you, until you put it in front of them. Um, so, so this here, again, I'm using the same um, WP3D plugin at the front end. Um, uh, but this time, um, this is a uh, indoor-outdoor 
scan um, of a, a cemetery. Now this is a very historic building we have here in Wellington, a small church. Um, the original scope when we first uh, discussed it with them was uh, purely to do a, um, a 3D walkthrough of this church area. Um, but then we, we got to thinking and uh, we, we pulled the BLK360 camera out and um, said, hey, why don't we do the entire, uh, the entire uh, cemetery, the entire graveyard, and, and let's not just scan it, let's have the ability to have on every headstone details of who is buried there and a close-up photo of that particular uh, headstone. And then we thought, well, in addition to doing that, then why not use MPMBED and have the ability to search for a certain person and have it take you straight uh, to that particular place in the cemetery. Wow. Um, so this particular model draws together lots of things that sort of we do that are a bit different to how other people work. So this is a full outdoor scan using a combination of the BLK360 camera and the Matterport Pro 2 camera. Um, and then we have uh, within it about 300 metatags, uh, which of course links back to our import service. Um, these originally would have been dropped down these rows to be close to where they need to be positioned. And then we've gone and manually dropped them in position um, to get their final, um, excuse the pun, resting point. Resting so, place. Is, uh, is is this a pro-social project that we're looking at? Yeah, yeah. We, we basically did this um, uh, as much as anything for our own research and development um, in terms of uh, uh, compared to being a commercial type job, and um, and it was it's been met with a lot of positive feedback. Uh, the ability to have uh, virtual cemeteries. There's there's already search capability online. Uh, but they don't give you this um, sort of first-person ability to, um, as if you were there, walk and uh, visit uh, the gravesite of a relative, which might be in another another country or another time. Yeah, you know what I? Uh, that, that's great. Thanks for showing us that example, Scott. You know, I, I think one of the, the the great things about looking at that e example. Um, uh, first, you you mashed up so many different things. Uh, uh, Matterport Pro 2 3D camera, uh, Leica BLK 360 camera, um, uh, obviously Matterport Matter tags, um, the home plan uh, 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 importing of the Matter tags. That, that project obviously would not have been possible to manually do. Um, the use of WP3D models, WordPress plugin, uh, and the use, I've run out of fingers, the, the, the use of MP embed. And when you mashed up all those different solutions that you were able to create uh, something that is super easy and uh, to, to use. Um, uh, I, I think it's a good example for, for, for two reasons. One, not that it's necessarily something that you're going to be making money with. Yes, it's pro-social. You, you gifted the, this church something you know, beautiful that, that is meaningful to a, a lot of people and families uh, to, to, to kind of bring that space to life. Um, but I, I think by doing those kinds of passion projects, 
you discover you know problems and then all of a sudden you're able to solve a problem with with the tool but once you look at something like this i'm going to suggest two things one is for our audience to look at that and say okay don't think about it as a as a cemetery think about it as where else are there spaces that need lots of documentation that simply wouldn't have been possible um, with, without the home plan uh, automation of uh, of exporting and importing matter tags. And the, the second thing is, I, I, I'm going to say something, I don't know if it's true or not, and maybe it's too, it's too soon, but I imagine that when you do a pro-social project, a passion project like documenting the, the church, there are so many people that your project now touches uh, from as they use that tool to go find their loved ones or to share with people uh, that at some point somebody's going to say, wow, I got a factory. Can you help me with that? I got property that needs to be documented. Can you help me with that? So I, I think over time that this probably will generate inbound leads from people that look at it and have a use for it in business that, that reach out to you. I may be reading in yeah. too much, but I think that will happen. No, I think, I think you're right. Just returning to the charitable um, approach, if you can find uh, one more finger um, there, um, the, the next potential step, which we may or may not do for this project, is to now put it into our pay-per-view pay overlay. It works within our pay-per-view, which means ah, that church so, can now use it to raise funds. Ah, so, and, and that's an entire topic, home plan, pay-per-view, and we're going to have Scott, uh, uh, hopefully, Scott, you'll come back and tell us about your new uh, home plan pay-per-view uh, solution. Yes. Yes, we'll, we'll so I thought I'd mention yeah. Yes, I, I thought I'd mention it there because um, I, I think that the use of 3D tours in, um, for charitable reasons is a, a missed opportunity um, with so many of us uh, stuck at home and needing to spend more time at home while COVID-19 is, um, is haunting us. Um, this gives the opportunity for MSPs to go out and create uh, 3D tours, enrich them uh, so that they are a real experience like this graveyard tour is, and then add an overlay that allows them to monetize it, which means those charitable organizations can begin raising funds. I mean, I, I don't know, Dan, but I'm guessing that anyone who's connected to that cemetery wouldn't mind paying a few dollars for the ability to walk its grounds and search for um, search for the gravestones of their um, of their family members. So I, I certainly think that there is. Um, I, I won't try and push pay per view in this discussion, but it is a, a useful use case to think about. But you're right. Um, all we're doing at the moment is throwing some use cases that you and I know about or can think about. With so many Matterport um, MSPs or users out there. They're all using this in slightly different ways that we didn't imagine. So all we're doing is putting this on the table and say, hey, if you were being held back by MatterTags being a manual creation process, well, we can help you with that. Yeah, I, I see the, the in, in two use cases. One is these are, these are pain points that I have today because I had to 
re-upload the model and I now need to move matter tags from here to there and I really don't want to do that all over again. Uh, or uh, uh, use cases that, that without this automation simply are not practical, uh, e either from the, the pain and suffering of having to manually do so many matter tags or the cost that one would need to charge a client in order to do it would simply right. be prohibitive. So I think it's use cases that are that we have pain today that you solve, um, but you also have use cases for opportunities that your tool now enables. And I think that's really probably exciting for 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 uh, I, for I, I think for both of us because I, I'm really curious of what are all the different use cases that may uh, surface once someone realizes that this automation is possible. Uh, yeah, we didn't so talk we certainly know that, sorry Dan, we certainly know that we now have a, um, a, an MSP who is working on scanning a small scale um, supermarket and, with the intention of using it as a um, online store. Um, and because the nature of that is public, um, you, you'll get to see the result of that once it's been completed. And we're absolutely in, inviting and approaching others. When we find a model um, online that has 100, 200 tags, we're reaching out to those MSPs and saying, hey, that's really cool. Just so you know, because I know how you created those tags, um, if you need to get the data out again, if you need to do it again or update them, um, we're here, we can help with that. Awesome. I, I, I hope when that supermarket is a, a public space that you'll in, encourage the Matterport service provider to publish it to the We Get Around Network forum. Uh, for those that are watching on uh, YouTube or Vimeo or one of a dozen other places where our uh, show uh, shows up, uh, we get around network forum.com. We get around network forum.com. No hyphens, just we get around network forum.com or the short version wganforum.com. Scott, we didn't talk about uh, exporting, <laughs> excuse me, exporting Matterport labels. Uh, uh, do you have an example to show or can you talk about uh, where, when someone might want to export Matterport labels? Um, sure. So we have the ability to export labels and the primary use of that is actually to ensure that we get the right connection of imported tags to the right label. Um, I'm not aware, though I'm sure um, other users of Matterport will correct me, um, of a very strong case to have um, hundreds of labels in a model. Um, so it is something that we can do, we can export them out, uh, but it's pretty much a supplement to the matter tag import and export process. So an, an example might be, let's say in that grocery store, I might, if uh, example, I might literally go through the grocery store uh, and put um, uh, row one, row two, row three, row four, row five, row six, that might be a label. And, and then I might have row one A, row one B, one row C, one row D, one row F. And now I've created some, uh, what would you call that? Uh, organization, uh, a process to, to say, okay, I, I have 20,000 square feet, however many meters that is. Uh, I'm, I'm about to go import 
200 matter tags, I want to be able to put the matter tags as close as possible to the pasta section, to the water section, to the Correct. yogurt section. So I'll go through the model the first time, I'll go map it with labels, and then I'll yes. ask you to export all those labels so I don't have to uh, hand write them. And now I have the labels to actually map to the matter tags in, in some Correct. form or fashion with, within, let's say, Excel. Okay, so uh, anything else on, on Matterport uh, label export? Uh, no, I'll just maybe point to the, um, on our website, we've got a video there. It uh, takes you through the whole process showing you the actual backend that we use. And that will help you understand a bit more as to where we use or the connection between labels and matter tags. Uh, great. Scott, how about taking us to that page so that uh, our, our viewers know where to find that uh, video? Um, I, 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 I've watched the video. And I think it's eight or nine minutes. It's really excellent. It, it, uh, it, it really gets into a little bit deeper dive of, uh, there it is. So we're on the website, homeplan.nz, H-O-M-E, H-O-M-E-P-L-A-N dot N-Z. Uh, what, what do you call that in, in New Zealand? What, what do you call a Z? Uh, Z, the way Z. it should be said. Okay, <laughs> homeplan.nz uh, for our New Zealand viewers. And uh, then up at the top, it says global, new. And so that is where you clicked on that. Then you got down to Matterport import uh, for, for tags. And that's the page that we're on. Then we can see this video uh, in the top right corner there, that video kind of walks you through the, the uh, process of, of downloading, uploading uh, uh, in a little bit greater detail than, than we've showed today. But the video is so excellent, I didn't think we actually needed to go through in, in, in that level of detail. Scott, how about scrolling down if you would, let's take a look at uh, pricing and, and walk us through pricing of uh, home plan uh, automation of exporting and importing of Matterport matter tags. Absolutely. You'll notice from the pricing that the service is uh, designed for those working at scale. So if you have only 10 matter tags, um, then it probably works out uh, cheaper, more efficient just to do them yourself. We're dealing with models that have 50, 100, hundreds of tags. Um, so the pricing structure that we've got here is if you have a model that has the tags in it, you've manually created them previously and you want to export them out into a CSV format, uh, we, we can do that for you for a one-off charge of uh, 20 US dollars. If you move over to the next service, which is to import, uh, we will export them for free. It's part of the next service along. And for us to import tags, it works out to be 50 cents per tag, um, starting at a minimum of 100. So $50 is the minimum charge there. Um, now, that, those prices assume that there is data that's ready. And we're working with others now. For example, sometimes it takes a few um, additional steps to prepare the data. And we're happy to help out with that as well. Um, Ultimately, here we are—we're um, here to help. We're—we're we're, we're geeks, and um, I—I I think I mentioned before I've been blown away. All of the 
applications of Matterport that have come through advertising this service, our pay-per-view service. I never dreamed how wide it could be used. So we're really keen to make connections. And for anyone who wants to use this type of service ongoing, um, we'll make it work. We'll make it cost-effective. Terrific. Um, take me to one level of detail. Do I have to transfer my model to home plan to actually have this process work? Yes, we've got some constraints based on the Matterport API, and there are some enhancements coming to that API later this year, which will help. In today's world, uh, for us to be able to import tags into the model, uh, the easiest way is that that model is transferred to our account. Um, we then run the, run the scripts, update it, and then transfer it back uh, to, the, to the customer. Awesome. Scott, is there anything, uh, what, what question should I ask you that I haven't asked about um, uh, home plan automation of Matterport Matter tags? Um, Dan, I think you're the most thorough interviewer I've ever had to deal with. So well done. I think you've thoroughly covered the, the topic and made me think about a few things along the way. Um, what I would suggest is um, there, there will always be people who ask how exactly does it work and um, look to the video in the first instance, um, but I'm happy to jump on Zoom meetings with other customers um, if they want to understand it better, understand their applications. And, um, and of course, we, we, we like to give it a go. If we're not sure it's the right application, well, then let us know what the model is. Um, I mentioned before the Matterport API um, and that the models need to be transferred to us to, to upload them we actually don't need the model transferred to us to export from them. So we can actually do a bit of a proof of concept on people's models um, uh, with it still sitting in their account to show them what the data looks like and how it works. Okay, uh, very cool. This is very exciting to see uh, how you've taken the Matterport API SDK and uh, added a huge value to the, to the Matterport ecosystem. So uh, super exciting. Scott, before, before we say bye, anything else you, you wanna cover, talk about? Uh, I wanna say, first of all, thank you, Dan, for um, spending uh, the best part of a, an hour and a half talking to us about this. It's been great. Um, our, um, our desire to move our service globally uh, was brought about by COVID-19 being in lockdown. Our normal day job, if you like, is scanning properties. We have four Pro2 cameras. We have a BLK, we have a Z1, um, but we were building our own automation tools for our own purposes. And when we all went into lockdown, that was our opportunity to take what we had known and allow others to leverage it as well. So the, the MatterTag import-export, that's been about six months in development and we're glad to now have it launched. Um, we, we touched on before the pay-per-view. Uh, that again, we, we believe is a, a useful feature in the world going forward, the ability to uh, to charge an entry fee um, on a Matterport model that's been enriched to make it a good experience, be it for charitable fundraising or for exhibitions and the like. Um, and then we've got the, the, big, the big one coming along soon as well, which I'm happy to share just a couple of details of. Uh, we've got a, a service coming called um, Open Archive. Um, there's been a relatively high amount of heartache out there about Matterport's change last year from classic pricing to the more active pricing and uh, the fact that it can be 10 times more expensive. Um, we, we have approval from Matterport for what we're doing and we're developing 
a similar front end to our pay-per-view uh, that allows a customer uh, to have inactive um, or archived models sitting and, um, and we're able to grant access to them to make them active for a very limited amount of time and then close them down again. And what that means is if you have a thousand Matterport models that all need to be active, maybe for insurance for the occasional use, rather than that requiring a license that has to have 1,000 active models available to it, you could probably do it with 50 active models. So it's a really exciting product. It's the one we've been actually working on the longest. Um, it's, it's there to help us because we're, we're in the same boat as everyone else. And um, just look out for it. We'll have some more details coming out from it in the next month or two. Uh, awesome. Can we get you back? Uh, do you had a separate show just on that topic as well? Absolutely. That, we think that's probably going to be the um, a, a service that's going to appeal to a lot of um, MSPs. So, um, you know, it, it, interesting to hear you talk about COVID-19, the coronavirus. Uh, you know, obviously that's affected all of us in different ways. For, for you in New Zealand, that, that meant, uh, if I heard correctly, five cameras total, um, just six, over yeah. six, six overnight uh, stop scanning. And uh, certainly that can be probably somewhat, you know, frightening for uh, a small business. Um, at, at least I think something really good has happened as a result of that in, in, in terms of the tools that you originally put together for your company. Uh, you've now accelerated the, the development and launch of these tools to now make them av available worldwide. Uh, and so, uh, um, I, I think that piece is, is, is super exciting. We're happy to share that message with our community. I would add that uh, <clears throat> I think there's certainly two ways to get a hold of you. If you go back to the homeplan.nz uh, homepage, uh, home there's a contact us button in the top right. You can get a hold of Scott. Um, but Scott is also a member of the We Get Around Network Forum community. Uh, it's home plan, uh, NZ at home plan NZ, uh, certainly start a discussion in the forum. Scott, be happy to, to, to jump in and answer your questions there. Uh, Scott, thanks for being my guest on the show today. Thank you for having us. Uh, we've been visiting with, uh, Scott McKenzie. He's the McKenzie. He's the director of home plan, uh, based in lower hut, New Zealand, uh, uh, a Matterport service provider like the rest of us. Uh, but I would say probably on steroids, given that you have uh, automated exporting and importing of Matterport tags, the exporting of, of, of Matterport labels, uh, your pay-per-view that you'll be back to talk about, and yet a bigger uh, piece that you'll be back to talk about as well. So uh, for Scott in uh, New Zealand and myself, uh, uh, Dan Smigrod, founder of the We Get Around Network Forum in Atlanta, you've been watching WGAN-TV Live at 5.